Hey, what's going on, everybody? Today's episode, we have Bernie of Los Kung Fu Monkeys, one of my favorite bands. Um, Bernie is somebody that is very intelligent and analytical in a positive way about the ska punk scene, not only in Los Angeles, but from a worldwide perspective. Um, he is somebody that I've uh, watched grow over the years. Um, you know, we sit down, we talk about, you know, Tijuana, the beginnings of the group, One Shot Records, life as well. And I hope you guys enjoy the episode. My name is Bernie Leos. I'm the lead singer for Los Comfort Monkeys, and I'm the sole original member and founding member of the band. So how did you guys come to form? You know, you guys have, what, over 20 years in the game, man. 20 years, no? 25th year, actually. Uh, I mean, it's the typical story. You know, some of my friends wanted to start a band and asked me if I wanted to be the singer. Uh, this was in 97. And the Limas brothers uh, and one of our friends uh, thought about starting a band. And uh, we were hanging out at the moment. And uh, they just asked me, you want to you wanna sing for a band? And I was like, yeah. You know, it's the typical story of a bunch of kids, you know, trying to find something to do. And uh, we, we love music and we, we were going to shows and now uh, we got into punk rock and then listening to punk bands. We started listening to ska, you know, like, you know, Nuff X and Rancid and, 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 and the Boston's and, and the Clash. They were mixing, they were mixing ska and, and, like, and reggae and that stuff. So that's how we started looking into reggae, ska. And then the suicide machines came along and, and that was the sound that really impacted us on that. Destruction by Definition album that uh, when we started, we wanted to sound like them. Uh, and, and in a certain way, they were a heavy influence. And uh, it's still to this date a, a record that I, a CD that I still own that I bought when I was a kid and a record that I find very important to my life. One Shot was very instrumental. Great shows, great roster. Um, you know, can you tell me your experience on that label for the time that you were there and what it means to you? Well, when when we started coming to LA, uh, our first experiences, we, we were young and, and had no experience. And the first time we played in LA was with Chencha Berrinches in 97. And we started coming a little bit more often. And, and one day, uh, one of the guys from Union, like this is when we met Union 13, they played TJ. I mean, we obviously, we already liked their band and we, got, we asked if we could open for them. And, and that's pretty much how we got to meet them. And we came back to LA and we played Faisto Do with Mexican Jumping Frijoles. And I don't remember the rest of the bands that were playing that night. But so Jerry introduces introduced us to Oscar Chavez, who started, uh, who's the founder of Wancha Records, one of the founders of Wancha Records. And um, he wa- he saw us playing. He he liked what he saw, and we started like hanging out. And this is before any. The the when when Jerry contacted us or when he mentioned that his friend it was for to record a, a couple of songs for compilations that uh, a label called Limp Shrimp was gonna be putting out and Limp Shrimp was started by Philco Raves um, who was the guy who did Mystic Records and uh, you know those records from like the Narcore records and uh, the first um, the Maximum Rock and Roll No Effects record. And basically, that's why we met and they liked the band and they asked us to record a few songs for a few compilations that we're going to put out. And they took us to a studio somewhere, I don't know, somewhere in the valley, I think. I don't 
really remember. It seemed like to be like a movie sound recording studio because it was a very large room and they had a lot of props to create noise. And we recorded our first songs uh, after our demo, our first like legit songs in a recording studio. And uh, but the compilations never happened. We and we just remained friends with Oscar and the bands who were on that Limshed record label. And um, and that label already put out a record from Teenage Rage and and and, and the Creep and Los Creepers. And they were kind of like the first like. Oscar wasn't teenage rich and he started watch already. But that label fell through and then and nothing happened. Uh, well, we heard of Oscar talking about starting a label with all our friends, you know, with Schism and and, and the bands who were around in the scene in, in LA at that time, you know. And I just came up to him and like and I said, Hey, Oscar, can would you be interested in recording our record? And right away he said yes. And one shot records is uh, the first label to actually offer us to do something and, and 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 actually care about us and they became family and, and it's because of their help is the reason one of the reasons that I say we're still here. Uh, so if if the label was important to me, at least to me it was very important in my life. It still is. I'm still friends with all of them, with Oscar, with Balti, with Chubbs, with uh everybody who's involved with One Child Records and and the bands who are still around and then people who used to play in those bands and you know it's funny it's called one shot records but that was a one shot and that opened that that rebuilding the world record is what got us to like oh we maybe we should tour and we started nobody us a tour so we booked ourselves in mexico and and we saw what our friend bands were doing in the u.s and how american bands would go on tour and uh and we started to copy that and, and something very similar and very organic to, but 10 years after. And if you look at that documentary, American Hardcore, it's very similar to what we lived in Mexico. And it, it's still Mexico is still a little bit difficult for touring. It's not as structured on roads, venues or whatever you want to call it, like certain like maybe places like the U.S. or, or Europe or Canada. But still we go, you know, we, we've done some amazing shows, festivals. And uh, but One Shot Records was the stepping stone for us to actually push ourselves to do something. And it's important to me. I got it tattooed on my arm. And this tattoo was done more than 10 years after the label defunct. It, it just has a special place. And at least in my heart, it has a special place because if it was them for that one shot they gave us we probably wouldn't be here yeah definitely they um they contributed a lot to a lot of careers you know i remember going to those shows and just you know being amazed of you know just the ownership and then the way you guys did things you know independently it, it was great you know and me being at, at 16 years old just like seeing you guys kill it on stage you know it was a it was a movement for sure man I honestly, when I see bands like you guys, I mean, I say, well, how do you guys stay motivated to create still? I mean, it's, 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 it, as, as you get older, it gets harder. Uh, even, even keeping motivation, you know, and I mean, I mean, when, when you're young and you're a kid, you don't think about adult life. I mean, you're very eager to do something because just because you, you, it's something cool. It's something you want to do. It's, it's, for the love of what you're starting to do with your friends. And as it becomes more serious, it, 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 there's always going to be, you know, bumpy heads and or people who can't do tours or I prefer to make money and, t- and keep working at my job. At, I mean, I don't know. I've, I've, I've had a, like 
like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm the only founding member in the band recently in the band. And over the years, some come and go and then old members come and they come in the band, they leave the band. Uh, some of them become parents or they have uh, different careers now and they don't play their instruments anymore. But there was always something special about Kung Fu Monkeys and, 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 and what kept us motivated. It was, it was that people actually liked what we were doing. And, and little by little, we took like little steps of little successes. You know, we, we've never had any massive success. We've never been a band that actually solely lives from music because uh, we have to pay bills. And, and like I said, when, when you start getting older and adult life starts hitting it, it's, it's a little bit more complicated. So some of us decided to fully work in music as myself and, and some of us decided that maybe it wasn't for them or they had other priorities in life. Um, I created based on Kung Fu Monkeys, I created a whole career. I mean, I went to college for international business, but I wasn't interested in sitting down in a bank or financial firm or, or whatever. Doing something uh, that wasn't in my interest is just basically it. I, I, I was more stubborn in trying to do what I wanted to do. And maybe when I was a kid, I was trying to prove the world that I could do it. I don't really care to proving anybody anything nowadays. And, you know, being a musician is not always looked upon as the best career in the world because it's complicated. Being an artist is always difficult and there's always some, you know, some hardship when it comes economically or psychologically or emotionally or because uh, you you make a decision that, I mean, when not all of us are in the places bands like that that become instant hits right away, like I don't know, like uh, Justin Bieber or whatever, you know, that have yeah. millions and millions of dollars. Some of us are just regular people who wanted to have a band and uh, and just you know sing our what we wanted to say, put it in music, and and over the years it, it becomes unnecessary evil in your life in a way mm-hmm. to to have some balance in what you want. And, and, and it's fulfilling, you know, economically it was hard, but I'd rather go live a little bit of hardship up on the road and, and maybe not have the best situation uh, when it comes to hospital, like lodging or food or, or money or, or whatever. But uh, getting on that stage was always something. Yeah, I would I'd, like, it's interesting you say these things as far as like you're, you need it to be there or it becomes something a part of you. So I guess it's, it's safe to say that, you know, the mentality you had for rebuilding the world to rude, uh, to the new, to the latest record or to the last record is totally different now. So it, it's just, what is it now? Uh, it's not totally different. It's just different. You know, with, with age, with age, uh, ideas change. It's not this. It's not the same feeling when you're a teenager and when you're a twenty-year-old, a young twenty-year-old young adult, or yeah, uh, or when you're where when you're a thirty-year-old man. And in this case, now I'm 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 forty-two now. It's 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 a very different way of seeing life as maybe a seventeen-year-old. My even my seventeen-year-old way of life is much different how it's viewed from a seventeen a seventeen year old point of view from today, right? It, I, I can tell you I, I I it's difficult to understand youth today, but uh, I can't relate to them very much. It's just a different life now. It's uh we we started playing music when uh, 
when digitally it wasn't uh it was different it was no digital music it was all cds uh, more of a hustle back then no i mean it's always been a hustle but it's a more difficult hustle now because uh if you did a record it was something special and not everybody could do a, an actual manufacturer nice manufactured cd i saw a lot of bands doing cdrs and selling them as records but it's uh nowadays there's so many options and and and, and attention spans are different from back in the day uh it's a different way to push music as people or consume music than the way they used to be consumed before and uh, i think the the fact that back in the day we had to struggle a little bit more to actually be able to get these records because they weren't available all over the world but you go to specialize you know mom and pop shop even go to the warehouse and try to look for the latest punk record back in 94 right so it was a harder to get the music so i think that made it more special or more appreciated than it is today i feel that today is more disposable but if you're smart about it and you're careful about it you can still make meaningful music and not let it get lost in that massive world of music we have now yeah it seems like just you know sometimes you can get lost in that shuffle <laughs> and it can be yeah. a bit it can be a bit frustrating you know but i mean i can honestly say from like a fan perspective like you guys are always upbeat in fact your last record was released on my birthday which oh. was oh. dope <laughs> so i was like man i was like it was quite the present I'll tell you that much man and you know I wanted to talk about you know Tijuana you know it's like yeah obviously it's you know the influence the heavy influence and in, in home and you know and things change does it still have that influence within your music today that it did before are you still speaking about these issues that occur today or are you kind of uh different now no, I, I think we're we're still the same. But uh, we, the thing is, when we we when we did the first records, uh, we were talking about the issues happening at that moment. So with time, it, the perspectives become different, and, and maybe realizing the world was filled with a lot of useful angst, and or trying to see, trying to make out the world a better place. And then in our case, we still want to make the world a better place, but it's different how we see it now. How how we try to make it a better place uh, i mean i have different problems now than when i was a kid like uh, i mean social politically i see a lot of problems where i come from but also uh, we we give a chance to our emotions to be expressed as well and not just politics sometimes we just want to talk about our emotional state at the moment or the fact that uh, i don't know maybe you lost a loved one and we still want to talk about things that make us feel human Tijuana has always been a beautiful city and at least in my eyes and, and it's always been a melting pot of art culture from a lot of places uh, primarily it's like a migrant city for every type or every different person from every state of Mexico and there's like a melting pot from the whole country in, in our little city also we're seeing you know we, the situation with borders and and, and and migration that comes from other places like Haiti or El Salvador and people who end up from Central America and our border town. The thing is, uh, we always seen our town like a migrant. At least I've always seen my town like a migrant city. So it's very natural for me to, when I see all these things, to not be weird or or something uh, too astonishing in my eyes. But maybe in the uh, the in the world's eyes, it's it's built up on different. But I I've seen this cycle many times. Uh, 
I mean, in the last 10 years, it's, I see Tijuana in a different place, you know, like a uh, perspective. Uh, I live in Los Angeles now, so it's, I've been living in Los Angeles for the last 10 years. But uh, I mean, I still go at least every other week. And over the years, I've seen how, how things have been changing and how, um, how my city is very different now. More buildings growing up high and, and, and more people coming to live and, and little by little getting more overpopulated, more than it was. I mean, it's just a cycle of life and, and, and with cities as important as like mine. And, and I mean, not to be arrogant, but it's one of the most important points in the world for migration is our city. The busiest border in the world is actually Taiwan. And you see millions and millions of people cross that border. Every day, like every day, every year, every whatever. So different types of people. Now we have Americans living in Tijuana and it's like that reverse um, migration. They complain about people from my world or or they complain about undocumented people in the U.S. And a lot of people from Southern California who can't afford to live here anymore. They just crossed the border and rent an apartment for at least a fourth of what the cost of what's worth over here. They're not like we're not complaining about them. You know, they're still complaining about uh, if you can't afford a five thousand dollar penthouse next to the beach in San Diego. But well, maybe a thousand dollar one. It's affordable for you and TJ. That's the difference. You know, still, you know, people complain like less immigration, but we go live over there. I mean, yeah. and we're not the type of people like to just block people and say you can't come here. Yeah, it's um, a very welcoming city for sure. You know, it, it's always been, I, I felt at home, um, you know, just in general, it, it's just a, to me, it's, it's great, you know, and I'm pretty sure you've seen the music scene change there, um, over the years. Yeah. And there's tons of like bands out there that well within that city that are great. Like, what are, what bands do you recommend anyone here listening get a hold of? Or check out from Tijuana right now. Uh, DFMK, DFMK, they just signed. They just signed from. Uh, they just released a seven-inch record on Alternative Tentacles, and I feel very. I mean, even though it's not my band, I feel very happy for them because a band from my city is releasing a record on what I consider one of the greatest record labels. So they came up out of the punk movement. And, and, and that's something to be proud of. We're, we're, we're Mexicans, we're, we're from Tijuana, and it's not usual to see a band like us or like them get the opportunities that we've been getting. You know, it's, it's a little bit harder for us on that side to be noticed. We're not the typical band. Even, even the scenes, you know, uh, I always notice the difference in the scenes and how different was Orange County from East delay or 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 even the bands you know how how even how different could they could be uh how different they they could be you know like uh like just musically if you listen to a ska band from orange county and a ska band from east LA, absolutely softgate you know it's uh, it's very interesting to me how the difference we have in our regular lives can influence the music that bands are playing and and i mean you see a band like matamos and they got you know that you know uh, it's a more aggressive band uh, the right. sound you know that's when i used to listen to scott punk bands from east la like chinchaberry like close like i say east la because that's where where we started going 
at the beginning, but I mean, the Latino side of, of ska punk, you know, like the bands from the came out of the Allen Theater, how, how aggressive they were, how uh, uh, the mix of metal with the horns and then like uh, Ocho Calacas, you know, and, and then you listen to Half Past Two from Orange County and it's very, oh, yeah. it's very different. So to me, like I always, I was very curious to see how how social economic uh, situations change the final product of your music and then and, and how it's developed. I don't know. It's just uh, things that I like to notice, and 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 I see from differences from all over the world. Like even bands like in Canada are much different, but then you see similarities to bands from Mexico, and then you see similar similarities to bands like from the U.S. or Europe. It's it's everywhere is very different. But uh, it's 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 nice to see how that influence from where you come from makes your music so different, and and and, and it's always a a nice thing to see because it's always good to have uh, diversity diversity in uh in, in our sounds. No, no, totally, and it's a very interesting. You analyze things in a very interesting way, and obviously, you've been everywhere. This band has you know taken you places that you know some of us can only dream of, and. It's just, you know, like I said, this is a platform where I like to bring people on and tell them that, you know, the positives that they've brought to my life. And, you know, you guys were one of them um, to Thanks. this day. You your music makes a difference. And I know sometimes, you know, you know, ups and downs with bands and, and eras and things and scenes go crazy. But you guys, I've always stuck by you guys and you guys are amazing. Um, and I hope you guys continue. I appreciate that. And, and we're trying to continue, you know. It's like I said, uh, once you get older, it's, it becomes harder. And uh, right. people start having uh, different goals in life. Mostly when you, you when you hit our age, not everybody is keen to be touring and uh, living the musician life. And we still kind of do. But, you know, like I said, we, we have jobs. I work for a record label. Uh, our drummer is a recording engineer. You know, we, we try to built careers involved with music. So we we knew we were going to be able to keep playing music ourselves. You know, if you're not going to be the Red Hot Chili Peppers, you know, just face reality. And and maybe your band's not going to make you rich, but you can still have a your job and, and a fulfilling band life and, and, and do a lot of cool shit. You know, we played festivals. We played, uh, like you said, we played in places all over the world that we never imagined we were going to play. We never thought we were going to tour England or, or we like we toured England twice. We we toured Australia twice. We we've been to Canada three times already. Uh, we toured Europe twice, Mexico countless of times, and uh, the U.S. also. And we we played like festivals like Warp Tour, the Sabroso Taco Festival with the Offspring, and many many bands that we grew up listening to, like Pennywise and Against Me and the Bandles, and, and you can name more. And then get the opportunity to, like play Vive Latino and, and tour with people like the Mari Mari Pastors and things like that. You know, like like uh, I remember, and, and it sometimes uh, it's a little painful when they say you're in, in Spanish. We always have a saying that says, uh, uh, "Like you're not a prophet in your own." land you have to leave and you become a prophet somewhere else but in your own play in your own hometown nobody sometimes you're not as well as uh, appreciated as other places and, uh, and i remember somebody asked me ah how come they didn't invite you to on this festival in mexico city with fishbone 
how come you guys weren't invited? And I'm like, I don't know. But I can tell you that we're very proud that we're actually going to tour the U.S. with Fishbone, not just play a show in Mexico City. We're actually going to go to their country and do a tour of the whole country with them. Yeah. Even when, when, even if the mainstream doesn't consider you important, the fans in, in your country and the fans all over abroad are the ones that make you important. And they actually pay attention to you. We're like, oh, wow, they're, they're not this, you know, local band, you know, like, these guys actually do a lot of good things. We love you guys. I love oh, you guys. And I just hope you guys continue, man. And, you know, doing this amazing music, but um, we got to go. And um, anything you want to plug, anything you got coming up, let me know. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, we got a, we got a, we got a record coming out. Uh, we're, we're finishing it right now. So once we, we talk to, we've been talking to stop, uh, at least every time again. So, uh, uh, once we we're done, we, you know, pandemic, uh, kind of, uh, stumped our plans and we haven't really toured. And, and since it began, we've done only two shows, the whole pandemic, and uh, we're about to do a show on the 15th and T1 with long shot. So that's something. And now uh, we're going to be recording also a very special track that we're going to, we're going to, you know, we're going to go to the studio, hang out with long shot while he's uh, in the region and we're going to do something together and then, and then something together out of nothing. You know, it's not like we're coming. Oh, we got this song. We want you to sing this little part. We actually wanted him to be a part of it, and we asked him if. And then we're gonna do that, and uh, we're we're talking about plans. You know, once we we hand in that record, we, and this is most likely gonna be next year, but we're we, we're talking about plans about going to Canada, Europe, probably going going back to uh, Mexico, maybe something in Central America. We we we're friends with a good band over there. They're called Buena Suerte, a really cool band from Costa Rica, and we've been talking about doing things together and. I don't know. Everything's up in the air right now. We're barely kind of getting out of, well, not even, we're not out of it yet, but, you know, pandemic is not as bad right now. So we're, we're going to see what happens, you know, and, uh, and, and, and try to continue being a band and, and, and hopefully we still have that support from our fans and new fans and keep doing cool shit like we always try to do. Man, all I can say is don't stop. <laughs> you guys are amazing. You know, well, I'll, keep it up. I'll man. try, man. As long as my body lets me do something, I'll, I'll keep doing it. I'm praying for you, man. <laughs> I'm praying <laughs> for you, man. <laughs> but seriously, I kind of want to cover this whole conversation as far as like <laughs> your recovery, but it's like I have to do a two-parter at some point. <laughs> we we can do it some other time, man. Like, uh, you know, shit happens. But uh, in this life, you would decide what's the outcome, you know, like for however bad it is, you decide if you want to stay in hell. Or you want to drag yourself out, and I'm not willing to stay in hell. Hell no, man! Don't give up, man. We love you, man. <laughs> <laughs> we love, man. We love you. We love you guys. It's, it's because of guys like you and the people who act and support, and that uh, that we can say we're still here after 25 years. Hopefully, 40. <laughs> so we'll see what know. happens. You know, I I don't I don't want to promise anything, but uh, you know, we'll try our best. You guys have the it's it's uh it's always nice and. Uh, like I tell everybody, uh, I feel very fortunate that people are still interested. No, nah, man, we're here for you, man. And, <laughs> you know, again, like, you know, muchas gracias. Sí, have a good day, brother. You too, man. Take care.